What's up, Dig Nation? It's us, Chris and Buddy. We're back again for another exciting podcast. We're going to kick off spooky season, counting down to Halloween. Don't forget to come to our live Halloween special. If you're close to Little Rock, if you're within, uh, I would say, eight hours, it's worth driving over. It's going to be good. It's only an $8 show. It's us doing a live podcast with special treats, surprises. We're going to do a seance. You're going to get blown out of your fucking pants. We're summoning somebody. Summoned and coming. We're going to have John Michael Bond of the Hard Times. That's right, the Hard Times. You're going to shoot in your shorts. And we've also got from Memphis, Tennessee, Spooky Country Band, the Whiskey Wells. A lot of fun. It's going to be a great fucking show. Hell yeah. It's only eight bucks. It gets you right in the mood for Halloween. Doors are at 830. We're going to start around nine. To the spooky season. Yeah, man. It's my favorite time of year, dude. Kicking off fall. Suck it on my balls. That's October 26th. Doors at 830. Show starts around nine. Eight bucks. That's it. Why so cheap? Because we just want to fucking see you there. Yeah, man. All the cash is going to go to John Michael and the Whiskey Wells out-of-town people. The only reason we even charge for it is so we can bring cool people in and make sure they get paid for their hard work. Us, we don't give a fuck. We want to get drunk with y'all. So come on by. Vino's Brew Pub is pretty much our live headquarters. Hell yeah. Fucking see you there. It's going to rock. This week on the podcast is also going to rock. We're doing Ed and Lorraine Warren. Demonologists. Yeah. Synonymous with fighting off the devil in Hollywood classics like The Conjuring, The Nun, and Annabelle. And Amityville. And the Amityville Horror. They're not in that one too much, though. No, but that's where they got famous. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, that's what we're talking about this week on Death Metal. Hey, brother. Been drinking here for a while. <laughs> Ooh, get the frost off my mug. Uh, if you're tuning into YouTube right now, you definitely should be. It's a little bit different than the live podcast because you can get a visual on it. You can watch me reading the outline that Andy Campbell helped me with. And you can see us getting drunk because that's what we do here. We filmed the promo, so we've been at it for a while. It took a long time to record. It's going to be fucking awesome. Hope you guys like it. If we put out those promo videos, they take a lot of work. So it rocked yeah. big time if you could just share them. So what we're trying to do is get eyes on the product. You're already familiar with it. You know it's fun. So we're trying to get other people on board. That's the name of the fucking game in social media land. Chris has spent a majority of the day looking at my ripe asshole. As soon as you cracked your ass open, it filled the room with a certain type of fragrance. (laughs) (laughs) It's like onions, pencil shavings, and turnips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I took a sh- I took a bath this morning. I, I don't sc- believe I scrubbed you. my whole real good, but no. then we went to the gym. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll my, do it to you every and time. I got some fucking sweat in my juice box. Yeah, and, you uh, can watch us finish off this bottle of Jägermeister that we cracked last week to make that gross. I can't believe video. we drank this much of it. Nah, me either. I was surprised. I was fucking drunk, drunk, drunk last week. Uh, thank you, guy. I, you know, I know we do a good episode when we get a lot of feedback. That I was bron- sober. What? I was sober. Really? Yeah. Well, that Bronson video podcast i got a lot of positive feedback that always makes me feel great oh yeah i mean i don't need the reinforcement i like what we're doing but 
it feels good to know that we pleased you guys with an episode because you know uh, we got about the same numbers every week, and uh, it just rocks that we hit sent one home. For all the old school fans and the new school fans, welcome aboard. Glad you're still here with us, and uh, I think this week's a fucking wild one too. Uh, like I've said, they have Hollywood movies, uh, Amityville Horror, investigated by the Warren family, uh, the the Conjuring one and two, both different cases investigated by the Warrens. They had a hand in the production of all that. Uh, Annabelle, I think there's three of them now. Yeah, the Nun. There's two of those. Is there? I think so. They're doing no. well. Uh, I mean, they're both dead now, but their estate's doing fine. Uh, there's a YouTube channel run by their son-in-law, who's married to their daughter, that keeps their work alive and going. Hell yeah. So yeah, let's fucking jump into it. You know, it, it, it's interesting just to see how they progress, because there's a lot of skeptics. There's a lot of believers. Me and Buddy usually fall on different sides of the coins. I'm, I'm not so sure about the Warrens. Yeah, I'm not either. And as we go through the whole thing, it, I mean, you know... Working with Andy on the research, I'm still not 100% sure. Yeah. It's just like, it's one of those things with ghosts and religion. That's one thing about the Warrens, that they're extremely religious. Everything that they're doing, and that's another thing, is I, no matter what you believe, you have to believe that the Warrens absolutely believe in what they're doing, because they're super religious. They're Catholic. They know for a fact what they're dealing with is real, based on their faith, is the way I feel about it. Which, that's a hard sell. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you're if you're steeped in Christianity and you know for a fact Jesus Christ saved you from going to hell. That's the way they feel. Yeah. And every Christian believes that they need to save you or they're not being a good Christian. They want to bring you along cuz and then, and that is the trait of a good person too. You know like a lot of people get mad at Christians and like well, there's a lot of problems with religion. But one of the things that isn't a problem is somebody trying to explain and bring you on board. Because there's no personal gain for them. In fact, a lot of the times they just look like a kook. Yeah. Because they're telling you what they believe in. But all they're trying to do is keep you from going to hell if they authentically believe that. So it's got to be a little bit commendable for them to go out on that branch and expose themselves as a Christian. Because in their brain, they know the right thing to do is to keep you from burning in hell for forever. Don't burn in hell. We're going to burn in hell. See no weevil, let me see your see no weasel. Evil. Don't you show your weasel to me? This was a harmonize. I thought I was going to do it while you kept doing it. Oh, I forgot. Go, see no evil, don't you see no evil, let me see, see no evil, don't you see no evil, don't you come no evil on my teeth. Hell yeah. <laughs> You're going to come on me. Oh, yeah. We did it. <laughs> Busted bags. Now, the, the backstory on the family is incredible to me. There's a lot of things that I didn't know going into this, such as Ed. He was actually in World War II through the Navy. That's a weird path to take the demonologist. He was an author and a lecturer. He went to college, did the whole thing. It's saying they, ended, they actually were an agent of the Catholic Church. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were like, th this is important to realize through the whole thing. It's like everything they did, once they got to a certain, like once they became the consultants, they literally worked for the Catholic Church. So all the horror movies you see where they're doing exorcisms and 
most of them nowadays are pretty true to capture that there's a go-between. The Catholic, And it is a fact. The Catholic Church won't just exercise somebody. You can't call them up and be like, well, there's a demon in my ass. Come pull it out. Yeah. You need someone like the Warrens to go between the Catholic Church. If you tell them that, they'll actually send the Warrens or the equivalent to you to investigate. So everything, they're again, like e- even if they're completely full of shit, I think in their mind... They're on the up and up the entire time. Yeah, the rights of exorcism are only through, well, I say only through, but there's another guy that does them, but through the Catholic Church. Uh, what the fuck is that guy's name? He interviewed all those death metal bands and DSI. Bob Larson? Bob Larson. Yeah. Yeah. He 100% believed. He 100% believes it? Yeah. You think so? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he does. He's got a show on Amazon. Really? And it With, is. Of his daughters or him? It's him. Really? That's out. Th- is he still? He's dead, right? No, he's still going. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Whoa. It's wild, dude. It's just somebody who figured out, like, oh, I know how to move my diaphragm around and make a demon voice. And then yeah. they do it. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? I mean, he's real scammy. I don't know. You ever see where he sits down with uh, uh, the bass player for Mayhem? Oh, yeah. That's one of the funniest things It's ever. hilarious. He's like, man. Quit. Everybody clowns him. Yeah. What's yeah. The, he sits down with the death metal band, too. I don't know why. He sits not. with uh, Ar- uh, Archeron. Archeron. Yeah, Archeron. Yeah. That's and right. then he does an interview with uh, Glenn Benton. Well, but Glenn Benton like, becomes a train caller. Yeah, he just yeah. keeps calling him on the show. It's pretty funny. Glenn Benton used to be cool. Had he just killed himself when he said he was going to. Yeah, we wouldn't be in the fucking <laughs> we, 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 they, deep Donald, waters we're in. Donald <laughs> Trump wouldn't be president. <laughs> he ruined everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so a bit of backstory on ed his father was a police officer and the reason why he was interested in the paranormal is because he believed the childhood house that he grew up in from ages 5 to 12 was haunted there was unexplainable phenomena noises all the time sightings which you know considering that his dad's a police officer now his dad told him there's a logical explanation for everything and i would have to assume Police officer, he's probably just kicking the shit out of his mom all night long. Statistically yeah. speaking, it's like 70% of police officers engaged in domestic abuse. That was something that came out like last week. Wow. And people were outraged and also making fun of cops as per usual on the internet. But, you know, it's probably just his mom like getting his fucking ass kicked and he woke up like, what's going on? His dad's like, shut up, fuck up. I'm not your dad. I'm a fucking demon. You fucking piece of fucking shit. I'm not stomping your fucking mom. It's a demon ruining our households and fucking other people on the streets. You're fucking other people. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> Man. Also a dentist. Dude, speaking of dentistry, I lost the rest of that weird tooth I had last week. Yeah. I lost it on Monday, but we were camping this weekend for my son's birthday. That's why we wanted you to go camping so bad. Yeah. It's pretty fun. But we, yeah, we left Friday, gone till Sunday. Uh, our friends, the Sniffs, came out with us. And I was eat. I cooked bacon and shit every day, every morning on the campfire. Saturday we got up, cooking breakfast. The bacon was pretty crispy. I bit into it, and bam! That fucking tooth that I cracked grappling like ten years ago, half of it fell off. I feel like it fell off on my daughter's birthday last year. We were out eating Mexican food, and the chip got wedged in between the tooth. Yeah. Ugh. You got to quit going to your kid's birthday. <laughs> I guess so, dude. That's the that's the message I got. But yeah, it was like all the way loose. And I kept shaking it. And then my friend uh, Mark was like, 
Yeah, I pulled my brother's tooth out one time and it was stuck to a root and it was like three feet long. We just had to keep pulling it. And oh. I was like, fuck, <laughs> dude, I want to yank it out oh. it's so loose, but that's the last thing I want to do. That's exactly happen, what dude. you said, too, man. Oh, yeah, dude. I was blown away. I couldn't believe that could be something that could happen to a human being. So I was too scared to pull my tooth out. And then I just kept wiggling it around. I made a dentist appointment on Monday for tomorrow and I just kept wiggling it, man. And that boy came out smooth, dude. Yep. Yeah, I used to take a shot with it. And I said, well, would you take a shot with mine? And you said, yeah. And then I, I was would. like, and then uh, one of our buddies said, you know, who would you have? What celebrity would you have uh, make a movie of you? And then you said, you commented on it and said, me. And underneath that, I said, bring your tooth. Yeah, like who would, yeah, she, someone asked. I don't remember who it was. I know it's my a, boss. A mutual friend of ours was yeah. like, who would you have star? In a movie of your life. And I was like, well, definitely buddy. <laughs> I'm the only other person that looks like this. I commented Clint Howard. Who's that? <laughs> oh, the dude, uh, Ron Howard's brother? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's ugly. Yeah, I love yeah. him. He's cool, though. He'd have to fatten up. You got to watch that movie, The Ice Cream Man. It's one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. But... He just gets paid for being a fucking freak. Uh, Lorraine. <laughs> Lorraine, Ed's wife, grew up in a much different environment. However... She discovered that she was a medium, a clairvoyant, young age, nine years old. She was on the record telling her mother and her teacher at school that she, when she would see anything living, she would see light coming off of it. It was so like an aura, basically. It, animals, people. She said that her bond with animals, she loved animals so much because every aura she saw in an animal was just pure, beautiful light. And then people, they had different brightnesses and different colors. So she could kind of gauge on, and this part I still believe. Like, it's not something I can do. I don't know about an aura. I feel like I'm a really good judge of character, though. Like, if someone's got, like, a salesman-y, shitty vibe, I feel like I smell that right away. Yeah. And it, in my case, I think it's because I got fucking molested as a kid. I just smell a predator. Like, yeah. I, know, I know when someone's up to no good. I just get a scent in the air. And it's never failed me. Every time I've met someone that everyone likes and I've just been like, guys, this person's a piece of shit. And they're like, oh, no, man, he's cool. I've always been right. Yeah. It always pans out. Shit, man. I was, I, I hang out. I'm going to say this is going to come out wrong, but I hang out at, at parks sometimes trying to hang, trying to find kids or just because a lot of them, <laughs> a lot of them, you're right. They did come out. A wrong. lot of them do like they, they stay in the parks, you know, underneath the awning. So there's picnic tables. They're able to get out of the elements. You know, it's been a rainy week. Uh, I was uh, at, a, at a park not that long ago, and uh, there was a guy just being creepy as fuck. He wasn't there with anybody. He didn't have any kids there. It was like right after school was out, man, and I just like went over to the parents. I was like, don't let your kids go over by that guy. Yeah, definitely don't. And they were like, well, you know what? And then uh, I think this, it was, so when was it? It was Saturday I did that? Yeah. Tuesday, that guy got arrested for having child porn. God damn. Every fucking time, man. Yeah. It, yeah. You could just smell it in the fucking air, dude. It's just which that's what you wonder is it is that like a psychic ability or is that just an innate intuition that you have? But it's also a physical thing to it too. Like you can diagnose. There's you know there's actual diagnosis for it. But they say people with circular chubby faces or with with like no strong jaw lines. They're fucking short. Well, yeah, you pass that one. No, it's usually short. Uh, really weird. If you look like a garbage pill kid, you're an issue. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, they look like a garbage pill kid. I mean, it's funny, but it's true. Well, this doesn't win over fans, but I hate fat people. (laughs) 
Well, I think one reason I hate fat people because I've been fat so many times. Yeah. And I had to fight it off constantly. I just see myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm chubby. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, we're still big, but it's like, I don't, I'm just joking. I don't fucking hate fat people, but there's like, I think what people do is that like the parts that they see in themselves that they don't like, they project it onto the rest of the world. Yeah. So like, like I've always struggled with weight. So when I see like a fat fuck that's big, like I know you could not, you could not be that way easily. Yeah. So yeah, it's not hating them. I just want to be like, come on, you fuck, just pull it together a little bit, the minimum amount. Let's just start with you parking way in the back at Walmart and walking. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like walk, walk to the fucking uh, motorized scooter. I throw out soda. Yeah, quit no the, more soda. That's soda, man. What the fuck, dude? It's a it's a it's a fucking trap that we all got stuck in. Anyways, she can see light, and that's what they call a light trace medium. A clairvoyant, clairvoyant is French for clear vision. Basically, she has like a second sense. You know what I mean? And when she met Ed, she told him on their first date that she had a vision when he she first met him. She saw in the future, she saw his death, but it didn't scare her. It signified that they were going to have a long, happy life together. And as an old woman, she would watch him die, huh. which did happen. Yeah. And they, they appeared to have a great life together. That's another thing about this family is that, I mean, you know, you never know what it's like behind closed doors. Man, I remember them on uh, ABC Family when it was a channel and it was called the most haunted places on earth. And they had that yeah. creepy little lady from uh, poltergeist talking over, like doing the narrations over it. And then they would have them walk through and do all this other shit. And they're like, this place is this and that they walked through a fucking, uh, uh, Vlad, the impalers castle and shit. Yeah. And then they would, they would make people stay overnight in it and all that. See, that'll spook anybody. That are creepy. You're going to get, <laughs> no, it's like, no matter what, like, like dude in the day, like right now, if it's me and you sitting here, all the lights are on. We got, Brian and Seth here, our production crew. I don't think ghosts are real. Yeah. But when I go home, if like my wife's out and it's just me and the kids, I could be convinced. I'm th- I mean, what I'm thinking is, is we got to sit, we got to go to some of these places that are haunted, man, near us. Yeah. And stay a cool I'm night. With it. And actually, I was thinking back, like, I can't remember if I talked about it on the show, but I've had a, a paranormal experience. I, I've told you I haven't ever. Yeah. But I, th- I was, I something brought it up. Like the last time I was hanging out with Sam Talent, he was talking about this place in Colorado, and I completely like, which is weird. It's very weird. Like now I've done a lot of things because I've had like a shit traumatic life. Yeah, blocked it out. This wasn't like a traumatic thing. Um, I'll, I'll get to it in a minute because it's going to disrupt the flow yeah. of the story. Yeah, uh, but I have had a paranormal experience before. Yeah, like pretty mild. But to me, it's weird that I just kind of spaced it out. That could be traumatic though. Maybe. Well, anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I'm just trying to get you the backstory on the fucking Warrens. Jesus Christ. I got that cool drunk in my brain. I always get a little bit too sauce before this. I'm, everything's going good so far. But I was thinking earlier is like, not a not a like we should start announcing the parts of the podcast to make it a little bit more continuous because we always do like the backstory. Yeah. And then like the main plot. So with the with the Warren family. Like, well, it's a very small, they wrote a lot of books, but they did not write a lot about their own lives. No. Just like a short biography in the back of books to kind of explain where they came from, which is one thing that's suspect. It's like, if you continuously write 
nonfiction work about your life, you always kind of sprinkle more things about yourself. And it's really weird how much in the public eye they were, and especially like toward the end of Lorraine's life, how involved she was with the Conjurings and Annabelle. She was on set the entire time. Uh, they bought away the Universal bought the rights away from her, but they kept her there to consult. And so, like, it's weird how little information there is about them. But you could also look at it the other way: is like maybe they really didn't want glory that much. Yeah. Maybe their maybe their life story isn't that important. I don't know if I still have it, but I might. I actually have the Amityville book that they wrote. Yeah. Um, It's a really interesting read. But uh, as we get into a lot of this shit, I'll, I'll. Well, so they met right. They get married. He goes off to the Navy when he's seventeen. Comes back. The first thing that they did paranormally is he, uh, Edward, he was actually a student at art school. Good artist. Like, you can go online, look at some Ed Warren stuff. I'm sure it's wildly valuable by now. What he would do is to be able to talk to the people that had what they assume were haunted houses. They wanted to start doing investigations entirely in the Northeast pocket, which is full of spooky shit. He would go to houses with Lorraine. He would sketch the house. And again, it's great art. It's not shit. It's not a joke. Sketch the house. So the people in the house would be looking outside of Ed and Lorraine. Lorraine's beautiful. Irish woman, great at talking to people. Perfect centerpiece for Ed's. I don't think he's awkward. He's kind of handsome when he was younger. But she's beautiful, dude. Lorraine's a fucking knockout. Like the movies, The Conjuring, uh, the, the guy from The Watchmen that plays Ed. Yeah. Way better looking than Ed. The girl that plays Lorraine, her face is a little like more pointy, like Better jawline, better cheekbones, but not far off from a young Lorraine. Yeah. Like, she was hot. I want to see that <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Let me see that spooky poon, girl. Dig her up. <laughs> <laughs> Dig up her poon. And uh, let's put the tip of the shovel in. <laughs> Damn it, dude. Slap it back and forth between this flaps. This won't be the first time unwanted encounters with the dead happen. In this episode, let me say that. Um, they would go to the house. He would sketch the house, but he would sketch it with spirits coming out of it. Then Lorraine would go to the door when they were like, what, what the fuck are you guys doing? She would be the person to say, hey, we love your beautiful house. The architecture is great. My husband's a wonderful artist. We'd like to give you what he sketched. Look, it's your house. I love to sketch haunted houses. And the people would be like, haunted house? They'd be like, yeah, I can see these spirits. And they would give their backstory, and that would kind of be their in to investigate the house. Off of that research is when they founded the New England Society for Psychic Research all the way back in 1952. That is the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. Off of that work, the work they did for a long time, they continuously collected artifacts. One of their sources of income was the Warren's Occult Museum. The couple claimed through their time at that from 1952 all the way to the 2000s to investigate over 10,000 paranormal investigations, including the Amityville haunting, the hauntings that inspired the Conjuring 1, the Conjuring 2, uh, the possession of Emily or Sarah, some shit, and North, the whatever. One yeah. of those possession of movies. Uh, Annabelle, obviously. The Nun is a spinoff of that. Uh, all those cases. And I'm going to kind of glaze over the popular ones because I still want to do episodes on each one of those. But I got a couple pulled up that we can get into that aren't haven't been made into movies 
maybe yet, or the lesser known investigations that they did. One of them is pretty well known, but and it's absolutely bananas. It was actually already cycled through TV before the Warrens got on top of it, which is kind of a thing that takes away from their credibility is that they got involved in a few cases that had already been televised on like paranormal TV shows. And it's like your clairvoyance didn't tell you about it. You just saw it on TV and saw a place where you could go. Sometimes they were invited places once they became like an authority on the issue. Anyway, here we're at where they're just kind of building up. Um, they had a program where they would train paranormal investigators, train demonologists, uh, not from them, but from somebody that they trained. If you remember the do- the doctor that came in, the West Memphis Three, that got completely decredited. Yeah. That was a demonologist that tried to say things that Damien wrote and drew were demon-based art to draw demons out. Yeah. And when the prosecution brought him out, he seemed like a damning part of the case against Damien Eccles. And then the defense just broke down his education Come to find out, he got a doctorate degree from from a guy named Jim. I should have got the name down. I fucked up on that. Doesn't matter. You can look it up if you're. If I also told the name in the West Memphis Three. If you want to go back and listen to that, uh, basically a two week program that cost seventy five dollars is where he got his doctorate degree from. Yeah. So he got called out. Uh, obviously, I still think Damien absolutely did it. Do you? <laughs> no. But however. Okay. <laughs> However, the doctor that tried to go against him was full of shit. Obviously, there was no demons fucking involved. It was just some stepdad trying to fuck kids. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. But yeah, they train people, so that that got that gets a little bit funky. That kind of puts a damper on their legacy. Uh, Ed died in two thousand and three or four, I believe. That's Lorraine right. just died two years ago. Okay. Yeah, she outlived maybe him last year. Yeah, she was ninety two or ninety two when she died. Wow. Yeah, I mean that's a long fucking life. Uh, she all the way up until a few months before she died was on movie sets. I mean, you can see her being interviewed with the guy that directed. And by the way, The Conjuring one and two, not so much Annabelle. Those are great modern horror movies. That first one. What's that guy's fucking name? Ed, uh, the guy that directed them. Oh, I don't Fuck. know. He he. As far as modern horror goes, he's the best, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, he didn't do the Annabelles. I don't think. I think he may have did the, done the Nun, but the Conjuring. Yeah, the Conjuring one is killer. No oh, man, that's a very good modern horror movie because, like, modern horror, like the CGI kind of fucked horror. Yeah. But it, the Conjuring's rely way more on like jump scares. Yeah. But done well. Man, let me tell you what a real good modern movie is that I went and saw in theaters not that long ago. That uh, stories to tell in the dark. Really? They, they use. Uh, they use. Uh, Can you go off on it for a minute while I pee? Yeah. All right, do it. They actually use like a f- not. They use special effects. They use makeup. They use all this other shit. They hire a contortionist. Um, there's some CGI shit, but they kind of stray away from it. And it's uh, like for a PG-13 movie. It was actually really good. I enjoyed it. It's kind of a throwback to the eighties, like everybody's been doing. Um, but it's it's kind of shot in like, you know, some farm place in the you know, in the seventies, but they make it like an eighties movie. And uh the stories are good and the way they, they tell everything is is awesome. But the special effects, whoever is the makeup person for that, they did a phenomenal job. It's a good throwback. If you if you're a traditional horror person, you know, you like stuff from the eighties and the nineties. 
Um, it's it's great. You know, I don't even know uh, too many movies that are trying to do that shit anymore. I mean, you know, The Walking Dead. That's why I, I honestly think a lot of that stuff is uh, the success to that is because they, they don't use a whole lot of green screen shit. They use some, but it's mostly special effects stuff. So the gore and all that it looks real. Um, we got to get these modern movies back to doing special effects. How are special effects people? It, it makes the movies better. The CGI shit and trying to use technology, it's cool, man. You know, Transformers, whatever. But it's its just not my shit. I just, I like special effects makeup and gore scenes and shit like that. It makes it look cooler. So. We you know what it is to me? It's like the interacting with the CGI. Yeah. You can always just smell it in the air. Yeah. Like when you have someone dressed with the special effects, you can believe that character. Yeah. And the other actor, no matter how good of an actor they are, there's always a sense of like, yo, they're, they're talking to the air. Yeah. So you get in sync with the actor and special effects makeup. It feels like they're actually there. If you're a good actor, you're just dialed in and you believe that it's that person. Yeah. It's way more believable. Well, there's no reason yeah. like that CGI doesn't look good enough to like discount the, like Tom Savini. Yeah. Uh, uh, Greg Nicotero. Uh, amazing. Man, that guy's amazing, you know, but yeah, I, I mean, that's why you, when you look at like, the early 2000s for horror movies, really the most successful ones, uh, the Rob Zombies, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects. I mean, those are great, but they didn't use a whole lot of green screen shit. It's They're all right. You know? It, I, I it, liked House of a Thousand Corpses more than the Devil's Rejects. Yeah, I, but I think like they went to that like Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah, feel right. to it. You know, I got to see that third one. I'm ready to see it, man. Uh, I like 31. I did not. I liked it. And then what was the other one? Um, Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. Not great. Yeah. That one psychedelic scene where she gives birth to that demon baby, that was tight. Yeah, that's cool. But the rest of that movie kind of fucking stinks, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that uh, we got to get back to that. Like, if you, like, yeah. horror is. The is best horror in, movie that's come out in years to me was Mandy. Mandy. Mandy's a good one. I think that, like, horror has to get back to that, man. If they do yes. that, it's going to be way more successful. I mean, it's always going to have, like, movies that come out and people are going to be like, this is scary, but. Well, horror I, has always has like the best cinematography. Yeah, like the tightest plots. Sometimes not the best acting. Yeah, I mean, who gives a shit, dude? It's everything you want in a fucking movie. Make it believable. Like it doesn't have to be scary. It's all like that's all I watch is horror movies. If yeah. I if it's like me and I'm gonna pick the movie, it's fucking horror every time, no matter what. Well, you like watch those like old Vincent Price movies. Those are great, man. Yeah, There's but a that was of- a bad motherfucker. And same with like uh, Borlas Karloff. Yeah, like. It, People think like, oh, that shit's boring. It, it, in a way, it is, but like, the value of you believing. Um, who was the f- original fucking Dracula? Boris um, Karloff. No, Bela Lugosi. Yes, Bela Lugosi. Yo, incredible. I mean, you do that guy, but slinging like, dicks. Yeah, and plus, like, the way that they were doing, like, that is Dracula. Yeah, I mean, the way that they were doing, like, movie monsters and vampires and shit. Like horrible, horrifying creatures. That motherfucker was just like, "I will fuck you." Yeah. Tonight, you fuck me. Well, it's like you had to sell it because you had to have a good actor to do right. it. Another great fucking horror movie from like the seventies is uh, Blackula. I feel like that's uh, that's a like I feel like it's underrated. That's Slam a great movie. Slam in the back of my Blackula. <laughs> 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 yeah, now Blackula fucking rocks, dude. Uh, that time period for me, number one is Rosemary's Baby by far. Oh, yeah, yeah. Slammer, dude. Too bad that guy's a pedophile. <laughs> Who? Roman Polanski. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
honks what the way let's get back to it uh yeah they that that's one of the ship problems their legacy is training people uh the enespr uses a variety of individuals which they always tried to like legitimize what they were doing but you have to question the validity of the people on the take but the, like one of the things they said that it will lend to the side of the warrens is like 90 percent of the cases are bullshit they can be explained and they have doctors scientific researchers police officers nurses college student investigators and a lot of members of the clergy because again they work for the catholic church on staff that they would use to go in and deduce if this was in fact a real demonic possession because there's no ghosts to the warren family it's either demons or humans yeah there's no my aunt died she went beyond that's all a trick of a demon yeah so like annabelle for example well all right before i jump to annabelle um i mean just the legacy of the Warrens. They've been in hundreds of TV shows, 17 different movies and TV shows about just the Amityville horror, the conjuring universe. I mean, they've made a ton of money. A lot of people use that as a detriment because as agents of the church, like a, like a priest, for example, they can't take money. Yeah. So there was a priest that was on staff for the Warrens that every single day at the occult museum would say a prayer over the cursed items that they had. No exaggeration that it literally happened. Yeah. They're not allowed to pay him. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So them as agents of the church, it is a little bit peculiar, but I, I personally have no problem. Like I want to make money doing this. Yeah. So like, this is an art. It's a free medium that we do. I mean, with YouTube and, and iTunes, Spotify, all that shit's free. That's great. I want as many people to hear what we have fun doing as possible, but I also want to make a living at it at some point. Yeah. So it's like they're, they're providing a helpful service, even if it's a fraud. Like when people think that they're in that situation, it is relieving to have someone like the Warrens come through. Like by all accounts also with people that are absolute skeptics of the Warrens, they still classify them as great people. Like, they are sincere, nice people, especially Lorraine. I mean, she's clairvoyant or not, she's an empath for sure. Yeah. Like, a lot of problems with, like, a fraudulent person that is in the mystic arts, like a psychic that would tell you what your future could be, your aunt's calling you from the dead to make you feel better. A lot of problems is that they're profiting off of your grief. But I don't feel like the Warrens did that at all. I feel like at the end of the day, even if they were full of shit, they made you feel like they helped you. So it wasn't like your aunt's calling from the dead. She says you need to do this. And you just believe in this person that's absolutely full of shit. And then your life was still shit. The Warrens were like there for you. Several cases that they investigated, they came back year after year to visit with the people. They were always open to talk on the phone. And they didn't get paid from the cases. They got paid from writing books, the books being made into movies. Yeah. So I, it, it's just hard to call it, you know? Yeah. It's hard to say. Then There's a lot of skeptics, highly regarded skeptics as well. Uh, Amityville's got a lot of shit around it that could be explained one way or the other. Like, for example, 
the original Lutz family. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty much proven that they made the whole thing up. If you're a skeptic, because they bought a house that they essentially ended up not being able to afford, they wanted to get out of it. Yeah. But the Warren family says they started saying that after because they were afraid the demons would come back. Oh. And like again, we're not gonna go through like the famous like they're like we could we we'll, we should do a whole episode on Amityville. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so there's yeah. no reason like and most people know the story. We can make it way more fun. It takes a ton of time to go through it. Um, no reason to just again sit around and fucking dwell upon it. But as far as Amityville goes, what the fuck is wrong? I too, a little too much wet brain. Oh no no. So the the uh, the Conjuring series. Like there's a part in the I think it's the second conjuring where they're in the haunting in England and the little girls there get caught playing tricks and the Warrens leave because they're like, oh, this is total bullshit. And yeah. you guys been doing this the whole time. And the girl's like, yeah, they're leaving. And then in Ed's mind, he starts to connect. Oh, no, they started doing this. So we thought the whole thing was a trick to get us out of there. They go back. They find they cornered the little girl and she says, we wanted you to get away from the demon. You see what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah, it was like yeah. a diversion tactic. Yeah. So at least from that experience, that could lead them to believe that that is what happens. And it, it, it kind of makes sense. You know, it's like if you life is being ruined by a demon and the demon tells you get these people the fuck away from me. Like, this is who I don't want around. If you don't get the Warrens out of here, I'm going to torture you more. Yeah. It kind of makes sense sometimes for you would hear, but that that is one of the things in several cases that draws skeptics away. Uh, th- their first big investigation, of course, is Annabelle, and it, you know that's right now probably their most famous one because they keep pumping out movies. It's a spooky series, uh, but that that is their first official giant case. This was in 1968. It was two college roommates. They were nursing students. They had a doll. It was basically a Raggedy Ann doll, and they said the doll kept coming to life. It kept popping out of nowhere, moving around when it was just supposed to be an inanimate doll. Uh, it was bought new, which conflicts with the, the, the let's not even worry about the movie. Yeah. Let's worry about the reality because the reality in all these to me is actually scarier than in the movie. And I almost feel like the reason that they changed it is because Universal bought the rights away. Yeah. So they couldn't use the verbatim story. So the Annabelle doll, Raggedy Ann doll, uh, they bought it new. It, uh, one of the family members for one of the girls bought it brand new. So it was in the apartment with the two nursing students, and they noticed subtle changes with it in fir- at first, like it would be moved around on the bed. They would yeah. put it somewhere, and then they started like it started to look weird. So they remember, like, no, I put it here. Then it started writing messages on parchment paper. Ooh. Help me, help Lou. And the super creepy thing about that is where it couldn't be proven against anyone in the house doing it is that there was no parchment paper in the house. That's weird. Weird, but not too weird because when it said help Lou, Lou was a male friend of one of the nursing students that was kind of staying over because he felt uneasy about Annabelle and he was wanting to protect. So that's like a real easy way to get your dick sucked. You know what I mean? It's like the the fucking Raggedy Ann doll. Oh, look, look at this parchment paper that you didn't have. It says help Lou. 
what she really means is help Lou bust one out. Yeah. It's like Lou's got a whole sack full of demon fluid, and you find young nursing students could help me out by pulling it out of my sack. You see what I mean? So that that doesn't throw too many stones away, because it only named him. Right? That doesn't throw that doesn't really raise too many red flags. Where it gets super creepy is that they all three witnessed Annabelle start having stigmatas. Tight. So literal blood on its wrists and crown, like Jesus Christ hung on the cross, the Annabelle doll. And then the creepiest thing to me is when they described that it would be in different poses. One of them, and you got to think it's a Raggedy Ann doll. It's just a pillow. Yeah. It doesn't have, like in the movie, you know, it's like a porcelain doll that has movable appendages. Raggedy Ann doll doesn't have movable appendages. It's a pillow. So they find it on its knees like it's praying with a stigmata. There's no way that you could hold it like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Annabelle moves around different places. They get rid of it. Um, the Annabelle doll was supposedly inhabited by a young girl named Annabelle that was killed on the property. Tight. Young six-year-old girl murdered. That's sad. Yep. And the girl's... Once they started communicating with the doll, were told that it trusted them as like a guide. Oh. But then what the Warrens figured is that, again, there's no ghosts, only demons. So the demon is using Annabelle as like a way to penetrate into, because with a demon, and I, right now I'm going to go through like the stages of possession, you actually have to either accept a demon into your life. Yeah. So you either have to allow the demon to take over you. Or God has to allow the demon to take over you. God, one of the two. Yeah. So if it ever, if you ever get possessed, and no, no, no one asked you about it, there was no demon consult. There was no demon like, listen, dog. I know you've been listening to this Motley Crue "Shout of the Devil" album. You've been having a good time. You've been thinking about tits. You've been thinking about sacrifices. You've been thinking about cutting a pentagram into some tits. We could do all that shit. Oh, you just gotta say the word, baby. I'm in. We're coming. Tight. Like, are you a loser that loves to listen to Wasp, but you can't pull that poon yourself? Let me in, and we'll pull it all night. That sounds like the plot to trick or treat. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I remember that movie. You mean Trick or Treat, the movie? Or the, no, the one with Ozzy Osbourne? Yeah, Ozzy and... Oh, and, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I got it. Now, there are three stages of possession, right? Signs of possession, of course, obviously odd behavior. Now, the person that may be possessed, they'll start doing things they would normally never do. Like sometimes they start smoking cigarettes. Very alarming if they start speaking a different language when they have no idea how to speak that language or act in a completely different manner, speak with a different voice. That comes up in the second Conjuring movie. I do that all the time. Do you? I speak another. I speak eight languages. Speak them louder. I can't speak the first one louder. What languages do you speak? Whatever the devil tells me. <laughs> <laughs> Talk louder. Goddamn. I said you, did, you didn't even do it. It's sensual, man. Demons are sensual beings. That is true. They are very horny. But I don't think they're sensual. I think they're more rapey. Hey, you light a candle, you know? <laughs> light a rape candle, dude? <laughs> like, uh, did you consent? No. But I lit a candle. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it Yankee candle. So it was a cotton candy Yankee candle. Oh, crap. Filled the room. There's no way you could not consent to that. Here's my Yankee doodle dandy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, night terrors is a common symptom of people that are quote unquote possessed. 
which is just the demon power growing stronger. Now, we already know that demons feed off of negative energy. So if you're already acting weird, the demons putting your life out of sorts, people around you are questioning why you're doing certain things. They're starting to think of you poorly. Mm-hmm. Maybe think you're on drugs. Yeah. Maybe wonder why you're mentally disturbed right now. That creates negative energy. As the demon gets stronger from the negative energy, you'll start experience night terrors because the demon also grows stronger while you're asleep. I do that too. You do have night terrors. I, do. I know it for a fact. But like one time we were in a you had told me that and I had never seen it happen at all. And so, you know, you you exaggerate things sometimes. Yeah. One time we we're in a hotel and you were just fucking like, get the fuck away from me, you motherfucker. Get the fuck away from me. And I was like, buddy, wake up. You're just having a dream. But you didn't you're like, get the fuck away. Get the fuck away. So I shook your leg and you just came up swinging. <laughs> I had to take you back down on the bed. And it seriously took like two minutes for you to just wake up and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, dude, <laughs> fighting you. <laughs> yeah, you get them, dude, especially when you're like in a drunk sleep. You oh, still, does yeah. that still happen to you? Yeah. Damn. I scare my wife every once in a while. Yeah. My wife is a big time fucking sleep talker. Yeah. And sometimes she has bad dreams, but so like I'll she'll just be like having a fucking conversation that makes no sense. And I'm like, hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. Uh happens all the time. Uh also, if you want to test, if you want to find out for sure they'll have a negative reaction to prayer. So if if you believe in Jesus Christ and you say a prayer, or especially if a priest or an exorcist starts reciting a specific prayer, they'll become physically ill. So it's important if you try to do an exorcism, you can't stop. I do that too. Yeah. I hate that shit. Yeah, it's shit. very annoying. What I like to do, the only time I ever hear prayers is on Sundays a lot of times. We'll go to my grandparents' house and I'll cook everybody dinner. And when he is saying the prayer, which is important for him. So, you know, I don't have a problem with it. But when he's saying it, I try my best to make my kids laugh by making weird faces. Yeah. I'm possessed. <laughs> <laughs> You're a clown. I love to do that, man. It's yeah. so funny because they, they know that it's like bullshit. It like hurts his feelings, you know? So they try to hold together, but I'll just be fucking. Almost always break. Fucking rocking. And then when he, looks, when he looks up, I'll just be like, whoop. I think I've been doing that since I was born Yeah well people Making used to do face. it to fucking me Yeah yeah, for sure I used to flip off people because I knew they were Their eyes were closed I'd just flip them yeah. off because I hated them Here's things that can happen to you while you're possessed Again you may speak in a completely different voice Doesn't sound like you at all Different languages Your personality will become different Abruptly change You'll go from being a sweet young kid To being an absolute terror to be around you may tell your mom to pull her cunt out. Cool. You may tell your dad he's a small dick faggot. Again, that's just role play, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's what a demon would say. Also get a new skill set that you haven't known before. You may be able to use weapons. It's one of the things he says, which rocks. It's like, yo, Greg, why did you order Ninja Stars, Katanas, and size in the mail? We'll pass them over, you cunt. <laughs> I got that problem. <laughs> I got that problem too. Ring a ting a ting tong ting tong ting. Action. Trying to get cancered. <laughs> you also might get supernatural knowledge. Only a few people know it, and all demons know it. You may know about demons, you may know about certain spells, sigils, things that could unite other demons and the human beings with the netherworld. Cool. 
something that you know a young child would never know. Now there is three stages of demonic possession. One, manifestation and infestation that can affect houses, forests, cars, a doll, or a human being. Infestation can take place anywhere that's a physical place that you may not expect. Generally, a house. Yeah. Sometimes an entire forest. But when you hear about a haunted house, that is your classic infestation, the manifestation of a demon presence before it takes a, over a human being. It's trying to get approval. Again, you have to accept the demon. So when it's in your house telling you to get out, when you decide, no, I won't get out, to the demon that says, okay, you want to be with me. Right? Yeah. Second stage, oppression. That's where the entity makes its true identity known and goes into full attack mode. It can be physical, mental, and psychiatrical in nature that decide it, it wants to take your sleep away from you with nightmares, keep you awake all night long. Uh, all types of crazy shit can occur. Paranormal activity, when things move around your house, things break, things aren't where you left them. The demons may bite you. They may scratch you. They might even fucking rape you, as we're going to hear. Demons don't fuck around. But yeah, what they're trying know. to do is oppress you, create negative energy. That's what they feed off of. They mm -hmm. want to ruin your life. When your life gets ruined and you become susceptible, that's when the third stage can come in, which is full-blown possession. That's when you're at the end of the course. They close the deal. They want to get the person to where they have no will to live, no self-worth, no, definitely no faith in God. That's how the demon gets in control when you just are broken all the way down and you accept them and they control your body like a fucking parasite. The demon's main goal is to drive the affected person to suicide. Sometimes they'll use suicidal scares to get everyone else around to be like, what the fuck's wrong with this person? To just get the negativity they need, but they want that person to die so they are able to take their soul to hell. Cool. Y'all never use the right word, I don't think. <laughs> Is that cool? Going to hell? You're gonna burn in hell. Man, evil, let me see, see no your weaver. Don't you see pull my your weaver out on me? Because it smells like pee. <laughs> it smells like pee. 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 <laughs> you can't wipe well. Why don't you just wipe right? <laughs> Use a fucking Your pussy web. smells like pee. Damn it. We're fucking <laughs> idiots, dude. I realize more and more every time we do this shit, we are dumb as fuck. fuck. <laughs> uh, the Amityville, obviously a famous fucking possession. That came in 1976 in New York. A couple named George and Katie Lutz. They said their house was hounded by a violent demonic presence so intense that it eventually drove them out of their home. Several conspiracies floating around that. We will do an Amityville episode absolutely. The ones I wanted to get into tonight that are not well-known only because they're not on movies. Well, first, should I tell about my haunted experience first? Go for it, man. All right. All right. So. Me and my friend, Phil Turner, a couple of our other friends, we found out through, uh, what was the name of the fucking show? It had, I think it had William Shatner. Oh, no, the tell, it was called Sightings. Who was the host of Sightings? You remember uh, that show? Man, it was a, it was a dude from fucking uh, Star Trek, but it was oh, the next yeah, generation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the- Dark-haired guy with the beard. Right. 
Yeah. Damn it. What's wrong with me? Anyway, this was on the show sightings. So we saw it. Black Forest, Colorado. We lived in Colorado Springs. We decided we wanted to go visit the property, spend the night, see what the fuck was going on. So we called the people and we told them that we were doing a school project on it. Now, if you know anything about me, the last thing I gave a fuck about was school. I had a mm. shit life. No time to concentrate on that. Uh, me and my friends, mainly Phil Turner, who I've named in the show before, probably incriminated him several times. Yep. We go out to this property that we've already talked to. He called the people. They were cool with us coming. They were super nice. I mean, it's the Lee family. It had been a hotbed of paranormal activity for years. Uh, eerie noises, shadowy figures, strange odors, which is a big deal with demonic possession. They always smell like rotten meat. A demon does. And again, the way that they describe things to me, they describe ghosts, right? At the time, I didn't... I, I was like... I believed that, like... I'm trying to think of where I was at. Men- I think we were probably like 16. Mentally, belief-wise, like, I I got... Through all the shit that I went through, I kind of went back and forth several times from being, like, hardline atheist to, like, considering myself a Satanist to, like, afraid of things and my life was shit, like, maybe getting back with Jesus a couple times. Yeah. So I was, like, fairly open to paranormal experiences and also, like, I was very emotionally underdeveloped. Yeah. So I got scared. You know what I mean? Like, I was easy to shake up. Like, being out and if someone told me some shit was haunted, I would full-blown believe in it. Yeah. But, not like, there was, you know, I told you about the time we watched The Exorcist and got all freaked out. Yeah. That's definitely been on the podcast. Uh, but I never had seen anything could, like that I could be like, well, this confirms a for sure thing. Now, when we went to the house, right? The people, number one, completely reasonable. They were just going about their fucking life. Nice family. They were into hunting, four-wheeling. High school kid, middle school kid. Grandma in the house. Guy's wife. They had all seen this fucking woman in a ball gown that would float in and out of the house. They had described like they would be playing poker, having like a party over there. And then, like, an ancient Victorian party would just pop up in the next room. It's several witnesses. And not only that, but they had tons of pictures with those orbs. With, with like, a spectral fucking glob of jizz. You know, it's a, it's a glob of ectoplasm. It's been, quote-unquote, debunked several times, where if you take a picture, you can see, like, light fragments in the camera. Sometimes faces in them. Sometimes faces in them. But, you, I mean, if you're keeping an open mind, it could just be some spiritual sperm. Yeah. Could be some ectoplasm. Could be some creepy cum just floating around in the sky. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but the pictures that they showed me, right? And, I, and again, I was 16. But the guy had, and, and you know, this is 2001, 2000, 2001, I think. The guy had no ability to make special effects. And these are like country people. Like a lot of people think of, Denver, when they think of Colorado, Colorado Springs is a city, but it's right next to the country. Black Forest is far out in the country. It's like an hour away, I think, from Colorado Springs, if I remember right. The pictures that he had of the orbs, they looked like faces. They looked like people. And then they had a picture of the Victorian woman floating up the stairs. Now, the way they describe it is that she would just come in through their dining room and go up the stairs. Over and over again, it was the most consistent thing. Chairs would be moved around. They would be placed on top of the tables. Their light fixtures would shake around. Lights would blow out. But they had several pictures of what seriously looked like 
the real foggy outline of a woman in a ball gown floating in the same place they said. And it's like that these people were normal, regular fucking people. They didn't want attention. Like they, after that show came out, they said they got bugged to no end. That the only type of people that they would, would fucking deal with were like any, like a high school or college student trying to do a paper on it because they empathized. Yeah. And uh, they were pretty well off. It was a nice house. And what the guy told me, and I'm, you know, I'm still pretty skeptical. The pictures freaked me out enough. Uh, what really got me is that the the dude told us like low key, like, listen, this is the, what sounds the craziest. And uh, I don't tell most people this. I didn't say anything about it on sightings. But if you walk out into the woods by, because we stayed the night there, he's like around midnight. If we just walk out into the woods, go beyond the house line. In other words, where you can't see the security lights, it's just dark and quiet. And it was pretty secluded. Like they had neighbors. You could see the neighbors' houses, but it like they had woods, definite woods behind their houses. Like just go out there, stand and be completely quiet, and it'll sound like a fucking party's going on. Damn, like a like a faraway party. And dude, you know it could have been my sixteen year old brain getting tricked into some shit. And I and I, I totally almost blocked this out. It, I was riding along with Sam Talent, and he he was talking to me about spiritual shit, and he said something about somewhere you went in Colorado and it just hit me again. And I was like, I totally forgot about this. I messaged my friend Phil again today. And uh, I mean, honestly, like we, we walked out there with our friends and we were goofing off and messing around. And then as soon as everyone like zoned in and got quiet, I mean, not even a minute later, you could really hear something. And then we were like, you know, doing the class, like you fucking hear that. Like unbelievable, like didn't believe it. Yeah. And then the longer you sat there, the more, you know, you got tuned into being in the dark and, and being with, like, you know, just regular wood noises. And I'm telling you, man, like, 100%. Remembering back. Let's go back. We, I mean, we we could. It's just far. Yeah. We lack the resources. Like, I, like you were saying, I would love to go do haunted shit. I'm just fucking broke. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got plenty of places that in our town we can just do it, you know? Yeah. I'm with it. I did Very interesting. I, I, I try to not be so closed off to this stuff. Because it's like... It's too impossible to know something to a d- hard degree of certainty. I mean, the, the shit that's been happening in my life the last couple of years, you just can't ever be 100% positive about things the way I thought you could. So I always think it's better to have an open mind, you know, because you don't know shit for sure, right? There's no way to. No. Uh, let's talk about this one, which I don't know if this will be ever be a Conjuring movie. Now, they made a made-for-TV movie about this shit, but it, again, not near as creepy as a real story. So you may not have heard of it before. It's the Smurl family. Smurls. Yeah. The hilarious Smurl. Smeagol, Smurl, Smurf. Yeah. Unfortunate name. Now, they were just like any other family living in Pinson, Pennsylvania. The Smurls were a family of six. Janet and Jack Smurl. Parents of four daughters, Don, Heather, and twins, Shannon and Karen. That is a lot of girls. The story begins with completely natural phenomenon. Hurricane Agnes came and flooded their home in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. Home, one of my favorite hardcore bands, Cold World. Hell yeah. 1972, well before any of those boys were born, well before we were born. That caused the Smurls to move in with Jack's parents, a duplex on 330 Chase Street, this home would soon send the family careening into the hold of something truly evil. The duplex was originally built in 1896 and was located on a quiet street in a lovely middle-class neighborhood. The house was purchased in 1973 
with Jack's parents living on the right half and the Smurl family living on the left. The Smurls put a lot of love into their side of the home and spent what money they could afford to decorate and remodel the inside in an effort to make the new house they got into their home. The Smurl family was a well-respected Catholic family. Jack and Janet both grew up nearby. They met in 1976 and married in 1968. Sorry, 67. I'm dyslexic. Jack served at the Navy, common link, and would later become a neuropsychiatrist technician. So he's around brains. The haunting began innocently enough in 1974. A strange stain appeared on one of the home's brand new carpets. There was no explanation and the stain could not be easily removed. That's when the floodgates burst open. A television set, a television set, set itself ablaze. Pipes continued to leak despite being resoldered. A new sink and bathtub were unexplainably scratched. 1975, Dawn, the oldest daughter, began telling her parents she saw people floating around her bedroom. Woo-wee! Now, this activity may remind you guys of a podcast we already did, The Black Monk of Pontefract. That was a fucked up one. Just like the Smurls, the Pritchards experienced strange figures, figures, leaking pipes, and inexplicable many disasters. In addition, two other hauntings that the... What is wrong with my brain? The Warren family <laughs> investigated. The Perone and the Hodgson family both had several daughters. Now, one thing I think is that Young girls seem to attract demonic energy. Yeah. Now, this case becomes vicious. Uh, not for the fucking faint of heart. Before we get into that, you remember my grandma's dog, Sweet Pea, that little fucking chihuahua she had? Yes. So I had to keep him for a while, and he never listened to me. If I was like, get your ass back in the house. Sweet Pea. He never listened to me or whatever. So this reminds me, I was, one time I go, Mr. Pritchard. And he looked at me, and I go, get in the house. And he ran back in the house. And I was like, well, Mr. Pritchard's inside. Sweet pea. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. And that's the only time he would listen to me if I called Mr. Pritchard, man. Terrifying. Yeah, that's weird, man. That dog's head was big. Now, 1977. That is years of intermittent but easily overlooked. And I'll, and you, oh, I'm sorry. Before that, it's going to get pretty bad with the demons. But, again, they thrive on negativity. Uh, and also, like, I, you know, my, my daughter's, like, turning 10 in two weeks. She's not negative at all, but sometimes she gets, for no reason, like, bent out of shape. Emotional. Yeah. It's hormones, right? It's got to be. It's- so that seems like the, the, well, according to my wife, you know, that, I mean, that is what it is. I mean, like, last night, for example, uh, she kept asking... She has a iPhone that's not connected to net. It's like she can only use it for Wi-Fi, and she'll like basically use it to play Roblox. Yeah, she actually locked herself out of it, and she wanted Jackie to get it unlocked. And so she was in the middle of something, and she told her to wait. She asked her again like five minutes later. She's like, "I'm still helping your brother with his homework." Just started bawling, and she doesn't really cry. Yeah. So it's like, I was like, what the hell's wrong with her? And Jackie's like, what's a hormonal thing? They're probably kicking in around this age. So that's like the perfect environment for a demon. And not only that, 
Well, these these creepy entities are horny. They want to come and fuck. Yeah. And it's like the right time to just <laughs> smell it. Gross. Come for it. Oh, horrible. It's the wrong time. I mean, it's just a bunch of, like, just Jeffrey Epstein's. Ugh. What I think about is, like, you know, do you remember the 90s version of Casper the Friendly Ghost and his brothers? Yeah. Like, stinky. Like, I mean, it smells. Yeah. And then just a bunch of goofy shit happened, like stuff get moved around. And then one of them is now just Jeffrey Epstein. They should have never killed him. Yeah. He's just coming in and, ah, let me get that young stuff. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, when I was a kid, I saw Christina Ricci and I said, well, that's a. Uh, <laughs> God, dude. I understand, boy. I would love to haunt that ass. Man, she's a good looking woman. Lord have mercy. You ever, did you ever see the thing where she, I think it was on Twitter, she posted, she said, I've been raising my kid on Danzig. It's like, well, which ones? You know, she somebody actually said that, and she said the first three. It's like hey, she's doing a good job. You know, she's that's parenting. I don't care about anything to do with her, but seeing her nude again. Ooh. What's the movie Buffalo '66 where she bangs that dude? I want to see that. I had never seen Vincent it. Gallo. Yeah, that guy just made movies where he banged hots. Yeah, he like legit got a blowjob. I. Th- Charlize Theron, I believe. Woo! In another movie. And I mean, she sucks his dick. And he's a in creepy look. Oh, yeah, dude. I think it's her. Could be wrong. I know there's so many nerds out there. They're probably like, you fucking moron. But one of those art ass. It's like super art movies. They're pretty good. But he's like a, he was like an unknown. And so he just like made this shit happen. It's like he was probably just primarily driven to fuck these hots. Just uh, goes to show you can yikes. do anything you want to. Just try to pull that bandage off my finger. Also, in addition to losing my tooth, I like cut my fucking fingernail oh, in half. Look how deep that is, dude. I got so deep in there. God damn. It's like I could pull the fingernail off, but the skin is so attached to it, so deep. <laughs> I can't. You got to look at the toe. Ah, <laughs> uh, That's still way grosser. Somehow, <laughs> dude. Uh, well, this is looks super gross because I had super glued it. That's why it looks all gnarly. Except, I mean, but that's like the actual split where the nails are trying to pop off. Well, you ain't off. fingering nobody. <laughs> Man, you <laughs> yeah, he's just switching it. Well, you got blood on your other hand, so I'm yeah, I'm a, this is my left hand. You know what I mean? I, I, oh. I the powers in my right. <laughs> uh, yeah, other shit that kept happening. I mean, there was like phenomenon that you could easily put off. Like sometimes they would hear footsteps. Uh, radios would be unplugged, blaring music. Your classic cold spots randomly appearing around the house. Drawers would get opened and closed angrily. You could just hear a whoop, pow. Uh, and then there was super concerning signs when there's the permeating aroma of rot would pop up around the home. Just a strong smell of rotting meat would come through and then dissipate almost as soon as it came. Uh, Jack began to feel an unseen hand caress him and the consistent feeling that he was being watched. In uh, 1985, the activities sparked at an all-time high. During this time, Shannon had given birth to the twins. Shannon and Karen only seemed to further increase the activity. That's when scratches began appearing on the family members. Just imagine waking up with scratches on you. The walls would rattle. The dog and Janet both experienced levitation. The dog floated in the air and got thrown into the wall. Same with Janet after the dog wasn't enough. Janet's Jack's parents living next door. The older Smurls often heard insults, screams, and other loud noises emanating from the Smurl side of the duplex. 
profanity fights. That's what they thought was happening, and they wouldn't be engaged in it at all. They'd just be projected. Yeah. That's crazy shit. Nothing ever appeared in their home, which, again, is very similar to the Black Boinga Prontefract. It was in that apartment complex, if you'll remember, and it was only the one apartment that got affected until it got worse and worse. What led them to get in touch with the Warrens in 1986? Rape. And it turned out that the rape had been going on for years. It happened to their young daughters. Happened to the wife, Janet. And it happened to Jack. Damn. Which I I feel like if you're a demon working for the devil, you're just going to fuck only dudes. Because that's what God hates. He hates it. That's the joke the last podcast on the left stole from you. Oh, is it? You knew that. Because you were like, uh, we were talking about in the black metal episode that they blatantly lifted. You were like, uh, because they kept killing that they, they killed gay dudes. Yeah. And like our theory was they were doing it because they didn't want to get caught getting sucked off by gays. Yeah. And you were like, "What if you're evil and you're black metal? What could be more evil? What could be more of an abomination to God than in the Bible being gay?" Yeah. And Rob Halford, look at him. That's the metal god. Yeah. Gay as fuck. Gay as fuck. As metal as you can get. Oh, Suck yeah. at a man's dick. Hey, let man. me tell you, but watching that boy live, man, as many fucking costumes as he puts on in a set, at however, he's like damn near 70. Yeah. And he's fucking like putting 13 costumes. Like every song he's putting something on. He's dude. got that cum energy, dude. Man, and he revs his bike. And I was like, you know what, man? It jazzes you up, like, brother. I'm not even into old people and I ain't gay. But I would definitely fuck Rob, man. If he cummed in me. you trying to go on the record with that? Not on the record, but. uh I'll spin a record. This is the record. What I'm saying is, is if he came in me, but I could hit them notes, I'd let him. Oh, you know what I'm I saying? That's how it works. If I gained his power, but it was, that, that's Shang Bung. <laughs> okay. You know? <laughs> All right, dude. So they finally reached out. I mean, just, a, you know, like the husband and the wife and the daughters got raped. Like there, there could be no worse of an environment to be in. And they let it slide for years, which is where part of the skepticism is going to come into play with this case. January 1986, they got in touch with the Warrens. The Warrens responded right away, of course, positively. They saw probably saw an opportunity. They get there. They brought along Rosemary Frew, who was a nurse and psychic. Their investigation lasted for months until August 1986. In their initial walkthrough, they believed there to be four different entities in the home. Three, fairly minor likely responsible for some of the smaller unexplained phenomenon. However, the fourth was very powerful and angry. According to the local newspaper, the times leader, Ed Warren had said, the Smurls are truly a family coming under a visual attack. Warren said the ghost devil demon or whatever you want to call it is in that home to deal with the most powerful entity of absolutely believed to be a demon. Ed Warren decided to make contact with the Vatican-mandated exorcist named Father McKenna. The attempted... Sorry. They attempted an exorcism. It did not go over very well and seemed only to really piss the fucking demon off. During this time, the sexual violation absolutely ramped up. You can't rev him up and expect him to not bust him more off. Oh, yeah. He feels like his time's probably coming to an end. According to Heli Starr... 
Janet said she had been sexually assaulted by shadows she had seen. One of the twins, Karen, suddenly fell ill and nearly died from an inexplicable infection. Dawn, the second twin, said that she also just started getting sexually assaulted by the entity. And that, I mean, that's a little kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Janet and her mother-in-law now was involved. They had traces of beatings, bites, scratches, and penetration marks all over their body. And then, well, boy, some facial abuse over at their house. Yeah. <laughs> Father McKenna attempted another exorcism some months later, but like the first exorcism did not yield positive results. It was during this time of activity, rumors began to swirl about the family. Many believed the family might be looking to sell their home or make money off of the haunting as they had recently fallen on hard times. Well, of course you fell on hard times. There's demons fucking your ass. Keeping you up at night. Can't just do trying to live. Yeah, like how are you supposed to go out and trust when you're full of demon bust? That's what I'm saying, man. If Rob Haver came into me, I could acquire those high notes. I'm going to say something real controversial right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a demon can rape you. How's that controversial? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've been getting raped for years. Have you? By the government. Yeah, that's true, man. That's I, they didn't even ask me nothing. They just do it. That ain't even controversial. Over and over again. <laughs> uh, now, rumors that the haunting were fake were bolstered when Ed Warren contacted Robert Coran, famous horror author. Suggested he write a book about the Smurls and their haunting. Smurls finally moved out, and the person that moved into their home in 1988 never reported any supernatural activity. The Smurls have never reported any lingering activity in their new home. 1991, the book The Haunted was made into a TV movie. Now, the guy that wrote it, Robert Coran, wrote The First Nightmare on Elm Street. Several famous... I mean... A big problem with the Warren family is that they continuously contacted horror authors to write their their write their stories because and what Coran would say, I mean, you could look at it a lot of ways though. He could have had some falling out with Ed and shit on him, or it legitimately happened. He said that he was around, but he never saw anything happen. And then when Ed would come back to him, Ed would have all these happenings, the rape, the scratches, the moving, all the stuff that Ed saw, but Robert Coran didn't see. So Ed said, I'm, I'm telling you this stuff. He's like, well, I've also interviewed the family and they all seem crazy. They're all telling me different versions of things. I can't make sense of it. And Ed's like, let me make sense of it. I told you what you need to know. You're a horror author, right? So make it scary. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, that's a good selling point. I mean, you know, a person like Stephen King, he knows how to use words in a way. I mean, I've been more scared of a Stephen King book. When you read the book It, as a kid. Uh, I read that when I was 12. Well, I'm just, yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying, like, even now, man, I mean, like, that's a fucked up book. You oh, know, yeah. it's way more fucked up than any movie they could ever make. It's way more fucked up than anything you could ever watch. It I brings mean, up a good point, too. It, like. I saw some absurd posts where, like, I guess it was calling like a transgender. I haven't seen the new one. Yeah, it's I have. It's calling sucks. somebody gay, 
as an insult and that made people upset. It was like an article that was like, it is not the gay icon we wanted. Like, he's not a role model ever. He's a child murderer. Well, that's the thing is, it's an interdimensional yeah. entity. It's a right. dead alien. Exactly. So it's like... That the, murders children. Eats okay. children for energy. But anyway, I mean, it, that, that's the way the fucking world works now. Yeah. Just like... What are they trying to compare it to fucking uh, no, they, they the were, Rocky Horror Picture Show? Right. They were trying you know? to say that it, they were basically <laughs> trying to say it is like a transgender icon. No. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about anyway? How are you going to make an intergalactic being that murders children and eats them an icon of anything? It's supposed to be bad. But, you know, in the first, like, this is a, a, a great point that I was thinking about with, like, quote unquote PC culture, outrage culture, whatever it is today. Where people are like, oh, it's it's dumb. You're just dumbing down to say it's like the, no. Stephen King is probably the greatest author of all time. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't like like you don't like the detail, like, he's a great fucking author. And people when you say shit like that, they're like, Oh, you don't you don't understand literacy. No, no, just because he writes horror and writes it to where it's easily palatable, that doesn't make him not a great author. But yeah, I mean you'll see the N word, the F word, the R word, but that's all books. All yeah. books. Mark Twain. Well, that's Dude, one thing. of the greatest books of all time. Uh, Blood Meridian, written by Cormac McCarthy. I'm telling you, it says the N-word a thousand times in that yeah. book. It, it's, they illustrate bad people. It, yeah. like They're showing you a side of humanity that's all too real. So it, it's like, you're. All, they're also not complaining about that. It's just when someone is like, who would ever use this language? Oh, f- fucking literary classics. Like, oh, you're uneducated because you say these things. Are you sure? Or perhaps the greatest authors of all time need to use these words to illustrate points. Well, it's, it's just a, like you can't make things like people aren't saying things out of hate. Yeah. It's fucking words. Well, there's like when you're when you're being creative and you're writing things, and they they use a word that makes it's like a visceral fucking feeling. Yes, you know, and, and a prime example is Stephen King. Man, they use a literal wordsmith. He yeah. can he can construct a sentence to creep you the fuck out. Pet Cemetery. A fucking terrifying book. I mean, it's just like you can't. Uh, you, that's. Uh, I, I'm on the same boat. I'm on the same boat as you. You are with a lot of this shit. It's just kind of like we have to stop being offended by things. But it's like it, it, also I, you need to be offended by some shit. Yeah, just don't do it. Don't be overboard. Well, it's I'm, the worst. I'm beyond the whole thing, and I think what we need to like the problem is is trying to fit in. It's just back to that same old shit. No one thinks for them fucking selves. No. And I'm also not on that free thinker, like, oh, you get a, like, I mean, not literally. Like, just think for you. Is it, like, don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Words don't fucking matter. If it hurts somebody, you have to look, like, if you really want to investigate who it's hurting, a lot of the time, nobody. Well, it, it's, it's like you get offended by some shit that Stephen King or the person who wrote Blood Meridian or whatever, you get offended by that. But then Dude, you also, nobody's offended by Blood Marie. It's too good. But then you get offended by uh, a guy who writes an article and then it becomes mainstream news or they do something and then it doesn't even affect your life in any fucking way. But None. you become offended by it. Yes. Because of the things they typed or the things they said. That's a problem because that's when you start. Let's just fitting uh, in. And the only reason they're writing that is to get attention. To join get a cult. likes. You're joining a cult. It's simply just getting likes on Twitter and Facebook, like yeah. just a way to fit in and feel cool. Because you don't feel that way. You're making yourself feel a certain way, and you don't understand that you're playing in to the greater evil. 
you're going along with control. You're letting outside forces control the way you think. And that's what they fucking want. If you believe in Illuminati shit or overall mind control or not, it's not that hard to discern that if you it, like, if you're like a 20 something year old white person and a, a slur that has no effect on you or anyone, you know, offends you. You're just playing along. I'm not even going to ride for it, but one of the things I did understand, like whenever uh, Bill Burr's new stand-up came up, he says, all this shit's made up by fucking old white women. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It, it, the only people that I, like, <sighs> I don't even know. I don't, I don't care. The, 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 all the black friends I have, they're not offended by anything. They think it's funny. They think it's even more funny when 20 something white sensitive dorks because they know that they don't really feel like that they know that they're like when people are like, oh, i'm an ally they they know they're not yeah they know for a fact that they have no dealings it's like i don't i don't even know the right way to explain it and i don't care enough it, it's just like wears you down i hate looking at the internet and I don't know why I'm on the shit. I'm only on the shit again because it, it came up in this. It's like, what, why, why? Yeah. You just let, like, you know, if a demon feeds off a negative energy, you're creating negative energy when you retweet some negative shit that you read just to hope to get likes on it. Well, my thing is, is like, is, your own fucking brain. is racism an issue? Sure. Is it as big as the issue as we think it is? Probably not. I don't even know about that, but is it like, are you helping? Yeah. Are you helping by saying something well, on Facebook about it? No, I, you're not. Exactly. My thing is, is like, if you're really worried about it, then you wouldn't be worried about going to jail, especially if you're an anarchist, quote unquote, and you're going, oh man, these people are pissing me off. You wouldn't give a shit. You would throw it away because you don't believe in the system anyways. So yep. You just go to jail you go after, after whooping somebody's ass. Uh -huh. Do that. But, yeah. you're, but they're not. They're not doing that because they're afraid to go to jail. Yeah. I mean, no one's ever called me racist, but you know, have you ever fought somebody because someone said a slur to someone near you? Sure. I have. Yeah. If you haven't, shut the fuck up. Man, somebody called my cousin a retard. He's a literal fucking disabled, mentally disabled person. I put this, this, this kid's in a, in a fucking trash can, dude. I mean, working in bars, like that, 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 that was like the point of no return for me. Yeah. Is there something going on and someone dropped an N-bomb? He's got to okay. fight. Yeah, this yeah. is how it is. This is what we're doing. Yeah. You, you've crossed the line. You, you've, you've basically done assault. Like, he, like, there's, like, we're in a fight now. There's no way out. Yeah. It, That's it, like a fucking 400-year punch in the face, you know? Well, you, may, you think you're going to get away with it. You're not going to get away with it. Uh, but th that's much different than just, like, you know, again, beating a dead horse here and, like, Shane Gillis say, chink, Jew. Yeah. The direct person that that was directed towards, it didn't bother them. So wh why the fuck does it bother you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was directed at one man who could see the humor in it Still not think it's funny, but it didn't offend them. So get out of your ass. Yeah. Think for your fucking self. And it's not even like today. It's just, it's negative energy. It's garbage in, garbage out. There is a truth to that. If you continuously live in the negative, you're negative. There's no way around it. If it's always bad, this is what a demon wants. This is what they're horny for. You're going to have Ed and Lorraine showing up. Because your dumb ass can't think of anything good. You just sit around and cry about the shit Bill Maher cries about. Stop. Get out of your ass. Tell your friends to get out of their ass. Will they fight someone about it? If not, stop.
anyway, speaking of fighting, I think this is going to be the Conjuring Three. Not just my own opinion. I've heard I've heard rumors that because they're working on it right now, this particular case, a little bit of a lycanthropy in the mix of this whole Ed and Lorraine Warren mix. Uh, the subject of this case, Bill Ramsey. He was first possessed by a demonic entity when he was nine years old, and then it came back again in adulthood in a horrifying turn of events as he shape-shifted into a werewolf and attacked several people with diabolic fangs lusting after blood. Mm-mm. Bill was a very imaginative nine-year-old boy. He would often spend hours playing in the backyard of their house in London amidst the refreshing fragrance of the wash clothes that his mother would hang along lines spanning the entire length of the backyard. In the ever-so-happening world of his wild imagination, Bill would always play the role of the young, gallant hero, saving pretty lasses and defeating deadly villains on a sunny weekday as he arrived home from a Saturday matinee show. Thoughts of the brave soldiers of the Royal Air Force battling German aircrafts in the war movies he had spent hours watching danced in his head as he played tirelessly for about an hour when suddenly he was caught by a sensation of coldness running down his entire body and a foul, nauseating, rotten odor. Then everything was normal again, except something was different now his amusing game seems so childish as if he didn't feel like a nine-year-old anymore the people around seem awfully freaked out mothers were calling their children away from him into their houses bill ramsey stood motionless wondering what was happening his body temperature dropped again pictures of himself as a wolf flashed in his mind then this overpowering rage consumed him as he fell to the ground and then rose again, then directed all of his anger towards the fence post as he violently, as a nine-year-old boy, uprooted it from its position. His concerned parents ran towards him, but then he hurled the fence post towards them on the ground, tore brutally at the wired fence with his hand and teeth, battling every moment Against the rage that overpowered him, he growled like an angry wolf. Then his weak pussy parents fled into their house in horror. Uh, if you throw some fence pork at me. You're going? I'm going. Fence pork? You, is... A nine-year-old? Hell yeah. Man, if they throw a fence pork. <laughs> is that what I said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said pork instead of post? Yeah. I'm hungry right now, man. Yeah, pork is to eat something. Oh, man, I wish I could. I'm trying to eat a food and a poon. <laughs> Slowly, the rage faded away. He was once again that sweet nine-year-old little boy. Locked out of his house, he knocked the door. His parents reluctantly opened it. Everyone avoided conversation about the incident, and it was eventually forgotten. Man, think about this, man. If you fucking eat in a caboose, yeah, and you got a fucking noose, you yeah, choked in the closet, but you're eating an ass. Sure, the ultimate pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, get the butt. What is, what is the? What do you call that when you're fucking uh, autoerotic asphyxiation? Yeah. Man, man, think about this, dude. You got you getting both your nipples sucked, getting an ass ate, and getting your dick sucked, but it also getting noosed up. A dude I knew. That's the, a fucking sex I, crucifix. I know a guy that died doing that. That all that? No, autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh yeah, he was like my age, maybe a year younger or so in Colorado. But yeah, apparently, like 
he was in a band and a band from out of town was on tour and they like showed him about it and he was doing it in the closet and just they let him go. Man, that's what happened to David Carradine. Yeah. And he's a karate man. No, he is. It'll get you. Man, what is that? There's a movie with him. It's like the sword. I'm afraid to try it because I might love it. The sword and the something. It's a fucking like. Uh, the fan- sword and the belt. <laughs> it's like it's like a it's a it's a fucking fantasy. Like trying to be like Conan and shit. And it's like, well, here's the thing about Conan that's so good is there's only like really two movies that are fucking badass in that world. Yeah. And it's Conan. Yeah. And then it's also fucking, uh, man, what the fuck Red is Sonia? it? No, man. That's good, too. Deathstalker. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit yeah. rules, dude. It does rip. Conan's better. Conan's But it does rip. Above and beyond. Second Conan Hawks. Yeah. Try to make it like a family-friendly, cartoonish yeah. franchise. Don't do that. Man, somebody told me it was like... Woody Knockers? Yeah, it was like, uh, like every once in a while we'll do like... We'll do father, father-daughter night, you know, or father-son night. Yeah. Well, on like our last father son night, uh, we took my BB gun out and we fucking just listened to Merciful Fate and Venom and shit and fucking Hell yeah. I drank a beer, he drank a root beer, and then we went inside and we watched fucking Conan and the Destroyer, and then we went and did Laser Tag. It's like that was a cool night, man. You can't do that with too many movies with your kid because like yeah, that sure. shit'll fuck their world up, man. Just fucking those demons and the and Conan the Destroyer will fuck your shit up. Not a great movie when no. you're an adult. But man, freaks you out when you're a kid, yeah. So I, I let my son watch the first one, but I covered the knocks up, dude. You're not covered him you up. You put your hands over him, yeah. All right, yeah. A good man, he uses sex blinders. You could probably just YouTube like the TV version. Oh, okay, it's bad. All right, well, Bill reverted to a normal life. He got married, he had a young girl making good money as a carpenter. Monday, December 5th, 1983, Bill was driving towards the cab company when suddenly a tremendous pain broke out in the middle of his chest. His entire body was once again covered in a cold sweat. His breasts were irregular. He rushed towards the nearby South End Hospital. He felt his pain searing down his chest and right arm. He staggered towards the emergency room entrance. He pushed the door open. Two nurses scurried towards him as they helped him get onto a gurney He's having a heart attack. He's having a panic attack. Something bad's going on. He's ghost white, breathing hard. They pushed the gurney along the hospital corridors. Bill suddenly gave out a shuddersome roar. Then another. The nurses jumped back with fear. And on the spur of the moment, Bill jumped up, got a hold of a nurse's arm and bit her near the elbow, ripping it so hard that blood dripped down past her hands. The other nurse yelled for help. There was a young policeman who was on his regular rounds near the emergency room. Rushed in to help, he was perturbed to find what he called a beastly man violently projecting onto these women. He could see the evil in his face. He had both nurses firmly in his hand. Another intern stepped in. Together, the policeman and intern forced Bill into the gurney and attached the restraining steps to him in the bar movement. Bill regained consciousness inside an ambulance, which took him to the Runwell Mental Hospital. Of course, he remembered nothing about his behavior, and then he got back in the hospital. That's when demonologist Ed and Lorraine Warren recalled by paranormal researcher John Zaffis, Bill's wife Nina, and they gathered at a church to witness Bill's exorcism. The Warrens had come across... I'm sorry, they weren't called. They came across Bill's case, got in touch with John, thanks to an American TV show called Incredible Sunday. 
<laughs> they tracked him down with the help of police. Also present were David Alford and John Cleave from the newspaper The People, Bishop Robert McKenna, who had performed many exorcisms with them before. They hired four off-duty police officers in case Bill went violent. The bishop touched his stole to Bill's forehead. That's the garment that they wear. I thought it was a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you will touch my stole. That's for the kids. That's only for kids. Oh, that's, not- <laughs> yo, yo, yo. that's not for an adult you like do Bill. Tease it. Child of God, touch my stole. And then <laughs> gripped his head formally. Ordering the demon to leave him forever, Bill trembled uncontrollably. <laughs> Bill said he felt the urge to maul at the bishop. The bishop pressed a crucifix forward at Bill's face when he lunged at him. Bill snarled and growled and pounced upon the bishop. The bishop retreated, holding the crucifix high. He spoke in pure Latin. Then Bill felt his body becoming weak and warmer. A last faint roar came out of his mouth and then faded away. His rage slowly normalized. The demon left. Bill finally felt purified and unburdened. Of course, the Warrens were not able to produce any photos or material evidence, but just the presence of the demonologist couple, paranormal collector John Zafis, and famous exorcist Bidget McKenna increased his credibility. Also, Ramsey has never been reported to shapeshift. Only wolf-like behaviors were noted, which is when the theories of demon apathy were called in and clinical lycanthropy, which is a real thing where people literally believe that they turn into werewolves. That is an actual thing like clinical lycanthropy. Uh, he had superhuman strength as a child and as an adult that got him off the fucking hook for the crimes. Right on. Uh, I feel like, man, like, so, uh, working in the field, I work, work in whenever I worked at, a. uh, treatment facility for drug addicts when yeah. we were talking about how like people talk about demons and shit like that there was like so many schizophrenics that would come in and they'd be like alistair crowley and there'd be it'd be like these black dudes that would fucking just like lay it out like here's this this is the demon pazuzu and you're like oh from the exorcist and yeah. they start naming off like belfagor yeah and like all this other shit and then i was like well, what is like if you're in the metal and you like, I love Belphegor. It's one of my favorite bands of all time. But Belphegor is a demon that shits on a toilet, right? And so, like the dude was like saying, he just sits on the throne of shit. And like I was like, whoa, man! This, <laughs> I was like, man, I believe you, but the internet's around, you know? So yeah, it's like, yeah, that's the hard part. Yeah, and that is truly the fucking hard part um, to deal with. Belphegor is going on tour of suffocation. I kind of want to see it. <sighs> They don't have Frank Mullen anymore. I don't really like fucking Belfagor. Uh, no, they don't. But they use a dude from fucking uh, man. It's not Disgorge. Uh, fuck my brain. But there's it's a decrepit birth. Yeah, that guy's good, man. He's a phenomenal yeah. vocalist. It's just not the same. I get it, but no, it's good. Uh, I'm fucking spacing right now because I dropped one of my dumbass links, but they were. Fuck, what is wrong with me? The Warrens did get... God damn it, dude. They they, they did get somebody off of murder. Like, the uh, Ed Warren was called in as, like, a character witness for a fucking murderer. This is definitely not professional podcasting. I just, you know, got hammered and dropped the fucking... Dropped the ball. Yeah, <laughs> dropped the fucking ball. 
Um, a Haunting in Connecticut was the other movie I was trying to fucking think yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, that's a wild fucking movie too, man. Yeah, and they like they were not involved in that one so much. Um, it wasn't like they were the consultants, like especially like Lorraine was in the Conjuring movies. Yeah, the, the Haunting in Connecticut, man. That that scene where the the dead people are coming out of that wall, dude. What yeah. the fuck, man? That is a good. That is a good movie. Okay, yeah. Here we are. I'm fucking more. I pulled it back up. All right, so check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. So during the trial, this is the Devil Made Me Do It case, right? That's what it is known as. It's a trial of Arn Cheyenne Johnson. It's the first known court case in the United States where the defense sought to prove innocence based on the defendant's claim of demonic possession. Therefore, they denied personal responsibility from the crime. A of course, it's in Connecticut, all Northeast, November 24th, 1981. Arn Cheyenne Johnson was connected, convicted woo, of first-degree manslaughter for the killing of his landlord, Alan Bono. Now, according to the testimony by the Glatzel family, 11-year-old David Glatzel had allegedly played host to the demon that forced Johnson to kill Bono. After witnessing a number of increasingly ominous occurrences involving David, the family, exhausted and terrified, decided to enlist the aid of self-described demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren in a last-ditch effort to cure David. The Glatzel family, along with the Warrens, proceeded to have David exercised by a number of Catholic priests. The process continued for several days, concluding when, according to those presents, a demon fled the child's body and took up residence within Johnson. Several months later, Johnson killed his landlord during a heated conversation. His defense lawyer argued in court that he was possessed, but the judge ruled that such a defense could never be proven and was therefore infeasible in a court of law. Johnson was subsequently convicted, though he only served five years of a 10 to 20 year sentence. That trial attached media attention from around the world, obviously, and it attained a level of notoriety due to the numerous depictions of the events and literature and television. Now, Ed entered the trial as an expert witness, and they were able to, you know, get him off for fucking murder. That's wild. Beyond wild, brother. I mean, as wild as fucking wild can get. The, the first known case of that. And, and that brought them a lot of credibility. I mean, that's around the time that they started to make money. And again, they weren't making money off of the actual investigations. They weren't charging the victims of paranormal activity money to be there, which is a little bit commendable. But they also knew, again, using horror writers, they could get money from books. The books could be turned into movies. They were cashing out, and then they opened sure. their museum. Twelve dollars to get into the museum. Uh, still to this day, no. Uh, it's is it not open anymore? It's closed. Okay. From what I understand, the year before Lorraine died in uh, 2017, they closed it down. Really? That's what I. That's the last. I remember thing I read seeing about videos it. of that thing. I right. remember seeing the uh, the Annabelle doll too. Man, it was just like what the. I mean, there's like a lot of crazy shit in there, supposedly. But so, it just looks like an antique shop, basically. All right. Say, let, I want to talk a little bit more about the that. So don't let me drop it. You always do. So this time don't. Okay. Because I got a question for you. Now, all right. 
some of the main criticism of the Warren family, justifiably so. I mean, it'd be going on since the beginning. It's hard to prove. I, I, my number one skeptic takes on everything yeah. is that as far as we've gone with the internet, with camera technology, I mean, dude, we have a front door camera and we're about to get cameras around our house. It's only 20 bucks a fucking month, dude. Yeah. It's like you can have a night vision camera mounted in front of your house, monitored by security professionals for $20 a month. You're trying to tell me that there's no ghosts, no demons, no chupacabras, no big feet, no aliens, no interdimensional beings, no shadow people, no slender man caught on tape yet. There's no evidence of God yet. Everything else, though, readily available. Where's the proof of anything? Well, here's what I here's here's what I think. I think so. I think we're able to manifest our own reality in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So you take a band like we were talking about, Belphegor. Right. Those dudes believe in beings not of this world. They're they are about it. They're mm-hmm. not faking it. It's not it's not a show. I mean, it is a show, but it's not a show. Uh, as far as you know. Uh, I mean, as far as you know. Yeah. Yeah. They well, can be playing actually, a character to the T. The the, the uh, merch guy from The Absence is their merch guy. Yeah. So he was saying, he was like, listen, man, those dudes are into some shit that you and I will never understand. Maybe they don't break character. Maybe not, man. But I mean. I can, you got to commit to the bit. Well, I can tell you, like, when I met him, there was something different about him. It wasn't, it, and I feel, you know, it's like when you see child molesters in a park. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just different. Like he, an uneasy feeling? Not an uneasy one, but it was just like, that dude's strong. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some, like, like personality-wise, like, he's, <laughs> he's he believes in what he believes in. Okay. So. Uh, I believe they make a very boring music. No. They don't. It's good. But. Uh, it's all right, but it's the same thing for 85 songs. I don't believe that. Over and over. I don't think so, man. Right. I think they're one of the best bands right now. And, oh and gosh, Death Metal, they really are. <laughs> All right, dude. I mean, as far as like production wise and just trying to make things. Well, like, it certainly is well produced. Yeah, it's yeah. So yeah. fucking boring. But I'm saying, like, you, you kind of project that, and I don't think, like, you, when you're thinking, when we're thinking of things that are not of this world, uh, cameras. Not of this world. Cameras are of this world, you know. So it's yeah, just—it's uh, one of the, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, it could be or couldn't be. There's definitely occurrences where I've just been like, "What?" Yeah, the like fuck? so when Jeffrey Epstein made his way out of this world, the cameras suddenly glitched out. Exactly. Damn, exactly. Dude, what dude. if fucking? What if he was possessed? The spirits came for Jeffrey. They should, dude. That would rock. That would be tight. He deserved to go whichever way he went. He's about to snitch on him. Man. I just wish he would have answered for it. Got the names out. He's about to snitch this on Raven. It's like, how could Takashi Six Nine make it to trial? I don't know. But fuck it, it's tell on everybody. Uh, Epstein can't. Yeah. Like, how is that? How is that guy safe in jail? Like, who? What? Who do prisoners want to kill more? Well, pretty much child molesters, you know. Yeah, they, they want to kill. They talk, Takashi Six Nine also a child molester. Yes, but that, that's like the person who gets killed in prison, like right away. And they put him in protective custody, and he makes it to trial. What they do is they segregate those two. They have two different places. Well, that's for what them. I'm saying. Well, a lot of times guards will look the other way. But they, they yeah, but Takashi Takashi made it. We'll we'll see. He already told on everybody. He told on everybody. We'll, we'll see though. He's going into witness protection. We'll see. They never lose anybody. 
Yeah, they do. By killing them. There's a lot of people that go gone and then that shit, man. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's, that's, they have a hundred percent success rate. Mm-hmm. They've I, never had one person get found ever. Yeah. I mean, that, that, it, it sounds crazy. That's like the craziest statistic I've ever heard. Yeah. Like the, here's the two craziest statistics that are real that are in just reality. No supernatural shit. One, the TSA has never stopped a crime. Yeah. That's a fact. Never stop the terrorist ever once never not one also witness protection no one's ever got caught anyone that's ever gone into witness protection they've never been found out that's insane yeah they probably kill them probably <laughs> probably but yeah i mean still that's 100 percent fucking success right now the criticism uh, 1997 interview with the Connecticut Post. Steve Novella and Perry DeAngelis investigated the Warrens for the New England Skeptical Society of a rival gang, Crips and Bloods. They found the couple to be a pleasant couple, but their claims of demons and ghosts to be, at best, as tellers of meaningless ghost stories, at worst, dangerous frauds. They took the $12.50 tour looked at all the evidence the Warrens had for spirits and ghosts, watched the video, read through all the best evidence the Warrens had, and the conclusion was it's all blani. They found common errors with flash photography and nothing evil in the artifacts they had collected. They said they've had a ton of fish stories about evidence that got away. They're not doing scientific investigation. They have... A predetermined conclusion which they adhere to literally and religiously. Lorraine Warren said the problem with Perry and Steve is that they don't base anything on a God. To which they responded, it takes work to do solid critical thinking to actually employ your intellectual faculties and come to a conclusion that actually reflects reality. That's what scientists do every day and that's what skeptics advocate. In an article for the Sydney Morning Herald that examined whether supernatural films are really based on true events, that investigation was used to evidence the contrary. And this is my Australian access time to shine. And the Warrens claim to have scientific evidence which does not intend to prove the existence of ghosts. I'll fuck me a kanga, but never get any of that sweet ghost dick I've been hearing about. What would I like to do? Be filled up with demon cock. Never got the option to have my orifice violated by another worldly being. I want some other worldly being ding. You are a wordsmith. <laughs> uh, that sounds like testable claim into which does indeed prove the exi- does indeed improve the existence of ghosts, which sound like testable claim into which we can sink on investigative teeth. What we found was a nice couple, some genuinely sincere people. But absolutely no compelling evidence. Skeptics caution that claims like the Warrens serve to reinforce delusions and confuse the public about legitimate scientific methodology. Now, what do you think about the Warrens, buddy? Full of shit? Confused by religion? Or do you believe them? Man, I'm halfway between everything. Okay. So, 
I think they believe in some stuff. But yep. then, as we all know, uh, they, they their religion definitely probably fucked them. Yes. But then also money probably fucked them. Yes. So, but they also think it might be God's will. But doesn't that all doesn't that all tie in? Like, aren't all religious hucksters? Isn't money always their driven tool? Yes and no. Uh, if you truly believe in that you're doing God's work, but God's going to provide for you, which is what I think that they're doing. They they believe in the things that they're doing. I don't think they're doing it out of spite. I don't think they're doing necessarily out of fame. Well, all the skeptics that hate them, they'd still describe them as pleasant people. Yeah. I I really can't answer that. Let me ask you this. Okay. Took a swig of your water. <coughs> Let's say you. That burns, huh? Let's say you. Yeah. It's it's holy water. Yes, it burns. <coughs> but you go to me and you. We take a trip. We go to their museum. They go take a shit. Yeah. It's just me and you in the room. Yeah. Would you open Annabelle's case and grab her? Sure. You would do it? Yes. What if they were in the room and you asked them if you could touch it and they said, yeah, go ahead and knock yourself out, but it's on you. Would you grab it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I just uh, I just couldn't fuck in front of. I'm not real good in front of an audience. In front of the doll? Yeah, I couldn't fuck the doll. I could fuck the doll, but I couldn't fuck in front of them. I yeah. could probably fuck in front of you because you know what I like. I would not. I would hope you wouldn't. Uh, you know, you saw my ass cracked open. It kind of got me when you're making those sounds <laughs> where you're like grossed out. I was kind of getting hard. Hey man, you're looking. You- your back was looking. Pr- you're like you're in, you're in better shape than I've ever seen you. I think. Yeah, man, I've been working hard at it, dude. But I did see. You have got the hairiest ass. I do. And I did see your inner asshole. That video will be out later this week as an advertisement for this episode. Hope you enjoy it because I had to be the smell of Buddy's opened ass. Yeah. Overwhelming. And I had to see inside of him. Not pleasant. Uh, anyway. I didn't wash my ass in Brian's shower, man. Good. I fucking lifted a leg up, put it <laughs> up where the soap's supposed to go, and just scrub that dog, man. I always squat, give it a scrub, and then while I'm squatting, I take the detachable shower head spray yeah, in there. Yeah, that's all right. I'll ticket, jam man. a little bit, little piece of soap in my asshole. Yeah. Uh, li- you poop it out? No, I just push. Like I, I keep it connected to my finger. It's a whole process. Uh, <laughs> now You got to show me sometime. The Warrens... <laughs> It's 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 honestly no matter what, one of the most interesting pieces of American history. Yeah. Again, I mean the chances of it being a scam are great, but as goes with all religious people that truly believe, it's hard to take them as evil because it's so easy. Like people that one hundred percent believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross, came back for them three days later. You're you're agreeing to believe in the supernatural. And once you accept that, especially if you're Catholic, because the Catholic Church, I mean, they do exorcisms. It's hard to get an exorcism. This is another thing about that is it's like a it's like a months long process. I mean, they make you go through psychiatric therapy. You have to see a psychologist first. They work you through therapy, and then if they're all things check out and you're still going through this stuff, then they'll do an exorcism. They they fucking do it. Yeah. So they believe in this shit. I mean, they fucking believe in demons. Witches. It that if you're involved in that and you completely take faith for what it is, it's all throughout the Bible. Jesus casts out demons. There's fucking demons. 
So if you're on board with it and you literally believe in it, what are you at fault for? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like my grandparents are not bad people and they a hundred percent believe in that shit. Yeah. Evil, good, God, the devil, hundred percent. And they're not bad people. Now they don't have a business based upon saving people from demons. It's just hard to say. I don't think that they're dangerous, intentional fraud artists that ruin people's lives. And like I was saying earlier, Lorraine is a very comforting person. Ed's not far from that. They're nice people. So honestly, if you and and people go manic, they really can believe that they're being attacked by demons and that just to have them there. I mean, a lot of times in these cases, they don't solve any problems. They're not able to displace the haunting. They're not able to show their work, but they offer a great sense of relief to the people involved in it. And is that not worth something? Sure. Sure. So I don't know, man. I want to hate them. You can't. But they're really, they don't seem that bad. They seem like they're genuine people. They really believe in, they really believed in the things they did. Um, Like I said, I mean, money is a confusing thing, especially for a religious person. God provided for me. My main conclusion, when I fall asleep tonight, I want the ghost of Lorraine, a young Lorraine, to come and put that thing on me. What thing? That thing. Like her pussy? Yeah. On your forehead? Just all wet? Yeah, give it to me. Ghost me up, bitch. (laughs) What if Ed fucks your butt? Whatever, dude. They're ghosts. You're not gay. It's a ghost. (laughs) You don't get to have a say in God's word. It's a gay. Exactly. It's his will. Yep. John 3.16, you can be fucked in the ass by a demon. Now, what song did you sync up with tonight's paranormal case? I picked Deceased. All right. A classic band, great band, live. The Doll with the Hideous Spirit. Oh, based clearly on Annabelle. I literally picked that right before you got here because I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot. I got a scratch. Yeah, because you don't do anything. All right, well, folks. I was just like, shit, man. <laughs> who's got that? You know. We'll see you on the next episode. Like I was plugging before, you heard at the top, October 26th. Come fuck with the Sly Vinos. I think we've been doing great episodes lately. Yeah. We're on fire. Come out. Let's get loose. Let's have a great fucking time. We just want to have fun with you guys. That's it. Let me say this. Yeah. You say I don't do anything. I've been preparing for this show my entire fucking life as uh, as a young metalhead. I know. Thank you. The ins and outs. <laughs> Thanks, of man. Of what band? Yeah. And who does what? And what they <laughs> sing about? And I just know. Man. Yeah, that's a big help, dude. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, if you want to give us a five-star rating on iTunes, that fucking rock. That's, you know, we got all these old metals listening. You don't use your phone. I get it. But if you want to fucking spend some time and just log into iTunes, give us a five star rating. That would fucking rock. If you don't, that's whatever. We still love you for listening. Thanks. That that's first and foremost the product you want to push is listening. Fuck with us on YouTube. Uh, we hit that five hundred person benchmark, so we'll get that Jägermeister video up. Uh, it's gross. I hated it. Oh, it was bad. Uh, Instagram. You. We're on everything. Follow us. I got something a new idea for Patreon. Uh, full admission. I've fucked the Patreon thing. Fell for his stupid tears. Did a shit job mailing out shirts. I'm still going to get them out. I'm not that big of an asshole. I just been fucked by life. No excuses. It's going to happen. But then I, what we're going to try to move to is just only a $5 tier in the future. We're going to keep the tiers you're at up. You can donate whatever you want to. And everyone that has, especially the ones that we, I fucking dropped the ball on, you guys are the best because you like what we do. Yeah. Everyone to contribute to it. And that's kept us going because this shit actually costs money, believe it or not. 
once you get into like the higher numbers of listeners, it costs more to pay for the fucking uh, megabytes to get it put out. Yeah. So th- thanks to everyone that's fucked with us and helped us so far. And we're, I'm sorry. I suck. We're sorry. We suck. We're getting it out, getting it taken care of. And then try to move to a, just a $5 tier for new people that we're going to unveil. Cause the one thing realistically we can do and the best thing that we can do is another episode. We want to do one episode a week only for patrons. Yeah. So just for $5 a month minimum, you would get four different fucking episodes because the thing that we hear the most is like, I'm out of episodes. What do I do now? Yeah. Well, if you love us that much, we'll get that $5 tier. And if you're already involved, I'm just going to hide those. I just like, I don't, I don't know how to use the internet. And when you sign up for Patreon, it tells you to do X, Y, and Z to be successful. And like, those are none of them were things that I can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I fucked it. (laughs) I'm willing to admit it. And that's part of being an adult. And I think part of it, too, is probably things that we're asking were things we couldn't do at that time. Oh, yeah. Well, like, the, yeah, the old producer, it, it took the steam out. It was like we had, like, we were trying to, like, you know, we used to record on a certain day, and it was like, you'll get the episode early. Well, the person recording them decided that it, they couldn't get us the episode at that time anymore. So we were doing it a certain way, and then they could never get us the episode, so it never went out early. So that's like, all right, well, that's one bonus thing you got. We wanted to record extra episodes. He decided he couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. And I mean, it's our fault, too. It's not like these things we could have done, but it was just like, all right, fuck. (laughs) It's like we just got caught in like a big mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been amended. But anyway, I think we can definitely record an extra episode a week. Yeah, for sure. You know, only for patrons. So hopefully, I mean, we're going to get past the live show. So hopefully November we'll kick that off. So, you know, keep peeled to that. I don't give a shit about plugging it. I, I, we're not trying to make money. I like to make a living off of this simply because it's like the most fun thing that we have to do. Yeah. So that's always the goal is to just make it to where we don't, we can only focus on this. Like no one's trying to get fucking rich and the money we get now goes to like paying to get the shit out. So thanks to everyone that has done it. And I mean, people ask us all the time. Like I feel embarrassed to tell people to go to Patreon because it's like, I don't even remember what I put on there. And the things that are on there, it's like some shit we can't even honor on some of it. And that's my bad. But you can't, you also like can't go back through and delete it as far as I know. Yeah. Or like delete your whole deal. So I don't know. I'm figuring it out, but that's the way I want to do is if you're on a tier, honor that what you were promised and then put that $5 tier in just to get the episodes out because it is like a, it's hard to do an episode. So basically asking for a dollar 25 an episode completely extra to the free episodes. I think that's a fair deal. Yeah. Anyway, we love you guys. That's all I'm trying to get at. It's a labor of love, not of like profit. So I just feel bad, like looking through some shit and I just want to like revamp everything. And, uh, but I, I mean, I, that's like one of the, like people have requests for shit. Like, Oh, you should look into this or like, I found the podcast. I love it. I want to give you guys money. And I'm like a bear to send them to Patreon. And then also, people running out of episodes to listen to. Yeah. Which are like, that's always the most in- enduring thing for me to see. Cause some of our episodes, especially starting out, they fucking suck. We've had like some bad sound quality sometimes. Yeah. We've just been hammered and done shit episodes sometimes. So thanks to everyone that's been around and thanks to everyone that's gone through the whole thing. You guys are great. And uh, hopefully we get some more treats in store. I'm fucking sliding out. We'll slide out. We'll see you next week. Suck my beak. <laughs> Does it stink? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>